Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Freeman Means Business Wonder Woman in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and our Wonder Woman in Business podcast gives a voice to the women who have a story to tell, stories that are meaningful, moving, and compelling. We share their stories, or rather, they share their stories, so that in their shining, they give permission to others to shine. Today's guest is Addison Armstrong. First off, let me say what an honor it is to have you on the show today. Um, we have a mutual friend, maybe, and we can talk about that connection later, but I'm so excited to have you on the show. I wish our listeners could see uh, just how beautiful and brilliant you're coming across the screen. Um, I'm excited to have this conversation. So let me turn the microphone over to you and ask you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about your story, education, background, uh, community involvement, whatever you wanna share as we start our conversation. Great, so first I want to just say that I'm also so excited to be here and I love, love, love the introduction that you just gave about stories and the importance and the power of stories because as an author, that just really resonated with me. Stories are so important. They get us through so, so much. So I'm Addison and I currently live in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm a third grade teacher. I teach English language learners and this is my first year teaching. And then I'm also a debut novelist. So my debut historical fiction novel, The Light of Luna Park just came out last month. Um, and so, you know, it coincided with the beginning of my teaching and there two things that I've just always wanted to do. And since I was in pre-K, you know, since my first experience at school and my first experience with books, I've been saying, I want to be an author. I want to be a teacher. And I'm so, so lucky to be able to do both. So soon after graduating, I got my bachelor's at Vanderbilt in elementary education in 2020. And then this past May, I graduated again with my master's in reading education and with an ESL endorsement also from Vanderbilt. So I'm just so lucky that so soon after all of that, everything has fallen into place and I've been able to start my teaching career and my writing career at the same time, however overwhelming it might sometimes be. Addison, I want to congratulate you because not many people can already talk about the, the major milestones that they've accomplished in their lives. And here you are really at the beginning of your career, having done so much, I can't imagine your future just, it's gonna be incredible. So tell me a little bit, because it takes a lot to launch a career and do a full-fledged book at the same time. Tell me about your best inspiration. What inspired you to actually move forward with uh, pursuing these goals at this time together? Mm -hmm. You know, the, the fact that they happen at the same time was honestly more by accident. So I have been, you know, when I applied to schools back in high school, I was applying to education programs and, you know, ended up at Vanderbilt. And so I was working towards that. You know, I knew that when I graduated, I would start teaching. But I've also just always loved to read, loved to write. And my junior year at Vanderbilt, I stumbled upon this article about Coney Island baby incubators. So in the early 20th century, um, premature babies were not treated in hospitals for a variety of reasons. And a man at Coney Island in Luna Park on the boardwalk treated them in what was really like a tourist attraction. You know, people would pay to come see the babies and he would, you know, make money and make, make a show out of them. 
but he also saved thousands of lives. And I was like, oh, historical fiction is my favorite genre to read. And I just couldn't stop thinking about that. So sort of accidentally, you know, I always knew I wanted to write something, hopefully try to write a novel one day. I definitely did not plan to do it in the middle of college, um, but I stumbled upon that article and I just couldn't stop. So whenever I needed a break from class, a break from homework, a break from work, I would turn to writing and it's a, it's a long process. So by the time I had the book written, by the time I had an agent and editor, by the time it was published, it happened to coincide to the day with my first day of teaching. It was published August 10th. The kids started school on August 10th. <laughs> I thought I was going to explode, but, um, but it, it, you know, it happened. And in terms of inspiration and what, what kept me going when I realized, oh my goodness, these are going to happen at the same time. And I'm not entirely prepared for either. Um, I've been really, really lucky that I've had such a supportive family and such supportive teachers, which led me actually to both, both careers. You know, I wanted to be that teacher for other kids. And then I knew, or I, I had always been told that I was able to be a writer. I could publish a book. That was something within my reach. Um, and so the, the support of other people, mostly women, you know, my mother, my teachers, really propelled me into you know thinking that not only is this doable but might as well do it all right now <laughs> wow that's great now you know i'm just um so impressed with the fact that you wrapped your passion around um your academic pursuits and you know you they they worked in tandem together to give you that outlet um, to allow you to just express yourself um, mm -hmm. and give you that break from the traditional course of study. So it is possible to do two very different things at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, and I think sometimes as women, we, um, we categorize and we compartmentalize and we say things have to happen sequentially, maybe not in parallel. Um, right. So this is great. Um, it does require a lot of balance. So, <laughs> you know, I, I would ask you like how you sort of managed um, balance so that you are actually able to be effective in both places. Sometimes that's not so easy to do, but is there something that you do yourself or have been exposed to or seen that helped you with really balancing um, both of the, all of the demands on your time? I think a large part of it is just that both of these things, you know, neither of these things are things I was forced into. They were both things that I've always wanted to do. So sometimes I get overwhelmed and I get grumpy and I think, why am I doing this? But then I pull back and I'm like, because I want to. You know, the kids say something ridiculous that makes me laugh or I see my book at a bookstore and I'm like, oh yeah, this is what I wanted. You know, this isn't a burden to be doing the things I love. Um, so definitely just the fact that they're, they're both such, such joyful things for me. Um, I've also, you know, continued to have a lot of support still, you know, my family, my parents, the book was dedicated to my mom and my dad, my fiance, uh, my sister, everyone has been so, so, so supportive and encouraging. And then also in a weird way, the writing and the teaching have sort of influenced each other and sort of helped each other out. One of the timelines in my book, it's a dual timeline novel, is the Coney Island, you know, boardwalk, a nurse. But then the other timeline is a special education teacher. So obviously that's not a timeline that I would have been able to write had I not at the time been working with special education preschoolers um, and you know prepping for a teaching career. And then in the same way, I'm able to give my students all these lessons about, you know, I'm not revising your work because it's bad. 
Like I can tell you that as someone who is like a quote unquote good writer, I've had to write my book, you know, six times. <laughs> I've had to rewrite hundreds and hundreds of pages. Like a good writer is not someone who does things perfectly. A good writer is someone who cares enough to go back and fix it. So they've, they've both influenced each other in positive ways, I think. I think that's really great. And so important to say that you may be great at something. It doesn't mean that it stops there. And mm -hmm. so being open and flexible um, to feedback, positive right. feedback um, uh, to help you actually propel forward. So we've talked about um, the positive learning and the positive uh, environment that you were fortunate enough to have, but can you reflect on maybe a challenge or a setback? Um, and it, it may be regarding the book or it just may be personally, um, maybe it's some choices that you had to make um, that, uh, were hard, uh, but, but you made them. Um, and you're either better for them in reflection or maybe would have done something differently in reflection. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, like I said, I've been so, so fortunate. And so even like the challenges I've had to face in a way are, are privileges in that, you know, I was so unaccustomed to being told, no, you did this wrong. Like this writing is not good because my whole like school career, um, my teachers were always saying, oh, you're going to publish a book one day. Like you're, you know, you're just great. <laughs> and so when I sent my book off to so many agents and they're like, no, we're not interested. We don't want this. Um, you know, that was a blow that I just wasn't used to. And I considered actually I had written a, a previous manuscript before The Light of Luna Park, another historical fiction. I sent that to probably 150 different agents, all of whom, you know, ended up saying, no, thank you, um, with varying degrees of, you know, offensiveness <laughs> associated with it. And I could have, you know, thought, hey, you know what, this isn't for me. I'm not a writer, I guess. I, I'm in school to be a teacher. That's fine. I've got a career lined up and it's a career that I love. I don't have to do this also. But while I was sending out all those requests and getting in all those rejections, that's when I started Luna Park. Um, because I was like, if I don't have something else I'm working on, I'm gonna go crazy and just think like, wow, I'm terrible at this. <laughs> so that's when I started writing it. When that was finished, I started querying that to agents and it got picked up almost immediately. Um, which of course wasn't the end of the rejections because then you send it out to editors and you know they say no thank you and it just goes again and again and again and then even once it's published you have reviews that are saying you know negative things and all of that but I definitely just wasn't used to so much rejection and like negative feedback um, but I'm really glad that I had advice from people and that I knew that this was something I wanted to do enough that I started another book instead of abandoning the whole thing or clinging really stubbornly to that, that first book. You know, I could have kept sending that one out and kept getting more and more rejections. And instead I, you know, was able to shift to another one. So. That's amazing. I'm, I'm glad that you had the, um, the resilience um, and the flexibility that you actually needed to move forward. Lesson learned for all of us. Sometimes we dig in so deep that we bury ourselves um, and we stay in that rejection without trying to move into other areas where we can, again, find positivity and, and reinforcement of the, the things that we want to achieve. So, <laughs> um, Addison, Tell me a little bit about, um, in your mind, 
um, having been the beneficiary of supportive women and others, we, as we look forward, maybe even in the education area or just in general, what would you say that women need to know about lifting each other up and supporting others in business? Um, what would your message be uh, with regard to that? We all, you know, I have a strong belief that women should lift other women up, but um, let me hear from you what your thoughts are based on your experience. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. I can't think of, you know, a reason someone wouldn't. And I hope that I'm sort of convey that in my writing. I write about women, strong women, and I, you know, dedicated my first book again to my mom and my dad. And it's largely about motherhood and the sacrifices of motherhood. And then my second book, which is coming out next year, is dedicated to my sister because she's she's a pilot. And even now in 2021, it's very much a men's world. The aviation world is, can be very hostile to women and to you know non-binary people and other other people who are not the traditional quote unquote pilot. And so it's dedicated to her um, for that reason. And it's just, I think that one way to lift each other up is just to share our own stories and to listen to others. Um, because sometimes we feel so alone and we don't realize that what's happening to us, what we're experiencing is the same as so many other women currently and for generations. And when we are brave enough to share those stories and when we're empathetic enough to listen to them, there's a lot we can learn from that and benefit ourselves and each other. I, I love the word empathy. I, I sometimes describe myself as an empathetic communicator. Um, and I know even in the work that you do with children who are struggling, uh, especially in this environment, um, mm -hmm. you've got to have a lot of empathy. What are yes. some of the lessons that you've learned from um, the children that you work with? And it's kind of like looking at generations, right? Um, I love the fact that the, your book is about mothers and daughters and, and those relationships. There's so many critical relationships that inform us and come together to make us whole. Can you reflect on the relationship that you may have with um, girls who are in your class or that you are helping now in school? Yeah. Um, I've got a really diverse group of kids. So I've got, you know, asylum seekers, refugees, um, other immigrants, children of immigrants. They speak Swahili, Spanish, uh, Chu, Burmese, Karen, you know, a variety, such a variety. And first off, I think I've learned more from them so far than they've learned from me. Um, that's such, it's such a different environment than, you know, the ones that I grew up in in schools. It's so accepting, so tolerant, so open to differences. Um, and the, the kids are able to see that just because I'm treating one child differently, you know, they're able really without putting words on it to see the difference between equity and equality. <laughs> they're able to realize that just because I'm treating one student who may not speak any English differently than I'm treating them, it's not an issue of who I like better or who I'm giving preferential treatment to, or it's not unfair, which is definitely what I would have thought it was as a kid you know, they're able to see that everyone has these different needs and that you respond to them in different ways. And so I think that's something that I'm learning from them and that hopefully they're also learning from me that we can't look at someone and know what they need. We can't assume that everyone needs the same thing, but we really need to dig deeper and get to know each other and build relationships. 
I think that's so important that we can't assume that we know what everyone needs. So as a woman to another woman um, in situations, um, we try not to make those judgments. So, mm -hmm. you know, learning it, the lessons that we learn from children and, and others mm -hmm. are so important to help us with moving forward. So what, um, Addison, uh, as you look forward, um, where do you think that your writing will take you? Um, and why is it important for you to keep writing? What, what is that, that part of your, your life that you know, is driven by writing? What, where will that take you? What is your hope? Um, I would love to, I mean, I definitely want to keep writing, you know, historical fiction. Like I said, my second book's coming out next year. I've also written a manuscript for a children's, like a middle grades historical fiction fantasy type book that I'm hoping I can move forward with um, because I would love to link, you know, link the two things because kids, you know, as we know, they're so impressionable. They're learning about the world. And while stories are so important for all of us, I think they're especially important for children to show where, where we come from, where we could end up. Um, and to build, like we said, that empathy, you know, you're inside another person's brain when you're reading a book and you're living a story and a life that you never would live otherwise. So I really hope that through writing, I can continue to transport readers, you know, put them inside other women's heads and sort of understand their experiences that, you know, are fictional, but are based on real, real events and real emotions. And that's just something that I think I would go crazy without sometimes doing, because sometimes you need to just, you need to put yourself in someone else's life for a minute, you know, just, you know, take yourself out of the craziness of whatever you're doing and think about something else. Awesome. Thank you. And I would ask you then, what is the most important thing that you want the listeners to know about you, about Addison? What <laughs> makes Addison, you know, tick or what, what is it that you want to share um, with our listeners today? That's hard. Um, I know my third graders would definitely say that what makes me take is cake. They love, they <laughs> love, love my love for I cake. I love cake too. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, the biggest part of my personality, apparently, according to them. Um, but I think I just, I've been so, so lucky and so, so privileged. And I've had so many opportunities and been so supported. And I just want to give that back. So I think that's so important for both of the things we've talked about today. You know, that's why I teach because I had such a positive school experience and because so many kids don't. Um, and then that's also why I was able to write because I had that positive school experience and just positive, you know, familiar relationships and all of that. So I think what, what makes me me is that the fact that I was that lucky and then the fact that I want to turn around and give that back to, you know, the next generation of kiddos. <laughs> Yeah, paying it forward. Um, mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we we take for granted what we can uh, pay forward and mm -hmm. how we can do it. And uh, it's it's just really a blessing, I think, for you to be able to do that with your passion um, and just continue to do it. And and the fact that you know you started out, it didn't go as well. You kept going, <laughs> and you have plans to keep going with mm -hmm. yet another. Um, manuscript. Fingers, <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. You will. You will get there. Absolutely. I'm sure of that. Um, so, what makes you smile in the morning? Ooh, definitely the kids. Definitely the kids. They they drive me crazy sometimes, but <laughs> they're just <laughs> they're so hopeful and they're so inadvertently funny. 
And it's just, it's it, when I was student teaching, my mentor teacher always would look at me when something, you know, kind of hectic or stressful happened in class. And she'd say, well, there's never a dull moment. <laughs> and, you know, I try to look at it that way when they're making me want to pull my hair out. At least I'm not bored. <laughs> you know, I could be sitting in a cubicle being very bored and I'm doing something that I love. And so I think when I get up in the morning, I think about the kids and I think about, you know, the craziness of it sometimes and the stories that I have to tell about the kids and about teaching. And that makes me smile. That's, that's excellent. That gives me a, a warm feeling myself. Um, I'm a lifelong learner. So I know how important it is to be uh, the storyteller, but also the listener of mm -hmm. the story so that we can actually keep uh, communication going. Uh, we can give hope to others okay. through our stories. Uh, and, you know, when you started, you talked about, um, you know, I, I love the storytelling aspect of yes. this podcast and, and this mm -hmm. communication. Um, now we're not directly connected, but how did we connect? Share with our listeners sort of what our connection is, because I think it's so important that, you know, we all recognize that we are connected in so many ways. And uh, sometimes we just never know what's around the corner. Yeah. So it's funny because not only am I not directly connected to you, I'm not directly connected to Susan either. Um, my mom grew up in Baton Rouge. My grandparents are still there, you know, I'm there all the time. And she was the one who was assigned in eighth grade when Susan was new to their school to show her around campus. And so to, you know, to, to Susan, that was apparently a really important experience. She was the first person my mom met, or she was, my mom was the first person she met, um, made her feel, you know, welcome at the school. And now, you know, however many years later, she's turned around and she's giving me this opportunity. So it was a really surprising, interesting connection with through like yeah. multiple degrees of separation. That, that, that's amazing. That really goes to sometimes we don't know the effect that we have on people mm -hmm. um, and the small things matter, uh, right? right? Uh, so uh, that was a, a great, great story uh, <laughs> for you to share and tell. Um, and we're excited that our listeners will be uh, thrilled to look out for your book, um, especially those who love a good riveting historical novel. I'm excited about that. I love that. I love Jack the Ripper and, you know, all of those. Yes, all of that. <laughs> going to be exciting. Um, but it's just, you know, it's amazing um, uh, the way that we can reflect on how did I get to where I am today? Um, mm -hmm. I was in a networking uh, session the other day, and the thing that um, the experts pointed to was sometimes our biggest influencers are those who are not in our day-to-day -day lives. Um, that, you know, uh, mentors, people we may have met years ago, and, you know, through some happenstance, um, we're connected again, and they do incredible things for us. So I'm so glad that uh, Susan connected with you and invited you to be our Wonder Woman in Business guest today. Uh, this is amazing. Before we end our time today, and I won't even go into how many times we tried to get this right, but Addison, we got this right. We did it. Zoom held out for us. <laughs> it held out. This has been an amazing conversation. I want to thank you for your patience with it. And I want you to share with our listeners how they can find you maybe a little bit about where they can find your book mm -hmm. 
uh, and you know, just staying in touch with you. So go ahead and share. Yes, definitely. So my website is just my name, super easy. So it's www.addisonarmstrong.com. Um, you can find me on Instagram, addison.armstrong.author. And then my book should be pretty available at most places you would buy books. You can get it at Barnes and Noble, um, local independent bookstores, Amazon, Books A Million, um, Target's website, you know, all of those, all the usual suspects. Um, you can get signed copies at my local bookstore, Parnassus Books in Nashville. They can ship them and you can personalize the signed copies too. So Parnassus is the best. I would strongly recommend you do that. And then I just love hearing from readers. So if you want to email me, there's stuff on my website where you can do that. Um, I love, I can come to book clubs and talk, you know, Zoom in for free because it's just so, so fun to talk to other people, other women who have read my book. So I would love for people to get in touch. Wonderful. Addison, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, very inspiring uh, that you have just always used your positivity to move forward. Uh, we love that you are informing and influencing a whole generation of new writers who may uh, come into being. You know, you were always told you're going to write a book someday, and you did it. And I'm sure that the positivity that you're injecting into your students and you're sharing and you're teaching of them to be patient, to be realistic, to be okay with being told no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a complete sentence, I learned. No <laughs> is a complete sentence. Um, but it was a pleasure talking to you today. Thank you for being. Uh, oh, thank you so much. And we wish you the best of luck. We'll be looking for your book and not the sequel, but the next one. Yes, thank you so much. <laughs> okay, thanks, Addison. Have a great day. Thanks, you too.